All right, everybody, welcome. Uh, here with the attorney extraordinaire, real estate specialist, Mr. Jeff Braylio. Forget the uh, Salt Lake uh, Business Podcast. So this is my second episode here. So good. Yeah, episode two. So we got the beta version. I had a nice like microphone set up and everything, but uh, they don't really work at the phone. So right. all for the for the uh, version two point But cool. If you want to give everybody kind of an intro as to uh, you know who you are, your origin story, what kind of business you had here in Salt okay. Lake. Okay, my name is Jeff Borrello. I by education I'm an attorney. So I that's that's really my business is is as an attorney. Although I've never, I wouldn't classify, classify myself as a your standard attorney that you would normally go to. Um, I've always been heavily involved in real estate. I was a real estate investor um, long, not long before, but really before I was even practicing law. So, so I was in an industry already, and then when I started practicing law, I actually was doing entertainment work, working for some film producers kind of on the side while doing the real estate. Mm -hmm. So the, the law practice was always sort of a sidekick for me. Um, and I had a huge interest in film and, and knew some filmmakers locally and so I was helping them produce films and doing the legal work for the filmmaking. Um, but then just as, as real estate sort of grew, I realized a lot of legal needs for real estate investors. So I just started crafting my practice to provide the needs for real estate investors. And over time, I just found that a much better fit, a much better niche, um, and really, really enjoy it. It's an industry that I love and I've always been involved in. Uh, so as a, as a practicing lawyer, I, I pretty much do asset protection. Uh, so a lot of business entity formation uh, and structuring that allows business owners, particularly business owners with assets, regardless of what kinds of assets those might be. It could be real estate, it could be equipment, um, or inventory or other things that businesses have. And so we set up these business entities to help run the business and protect the assets um, that the businesses have. Um, and do a lot of real estate transactional kind of work, uh, just helping clients buy and sell properties. Uh, so that's kind of how I got, got started. Uh, really, really enjoyed, um, really enjoy it, uh, mostly because I like working with people that I work with. Um, I think if you really enjoy who you're working with, it's almost better than what you're, it makes what you're doing more enjoyable. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I can't say that creating an LLC is the most exciting thing in the world to me, but helping clients build their businesses and protect their assets and get things done and move forward is really fun and really exciting. And I work with clients that, you know, that I have very, very long-term relationships with, you know, that I've known for 20 years and watched them grow their businesses. So that's that's really kind of the main driver of my of my work is just helping others build their business. Sure. And then so take us back to when when did you start this business? What year was that? Um I, probably 1999, 20 my yeah. Uh -huh. 99, two, uh, right around 2000, I can't remember was in the which year it exactly was, but right around 2000. I had my own sort of my own law practice. So you so tell me the story here where you graduated college and you started the business right away, or did you ever um, contemplate working for somebody else? No, I never really did. Um, I graduated college and went to law school. Graduated from law school, and then I was teaching. I was actually teaching at a local university, um, and I was te and teaching and coaching in high school. During law school, I actually taught and coached track and cross country. Um, out of high school in sort of secondary ed and really, really enjoyed teaching. So I sort of just 
evolved into teaching at a university. Um, and I kind of considered that my day job originally, uh, even though it's not full-time, it's, it's quite flexible. Um, but you were, you were making uh, all your money, right. your income was coming from that. From real estate, really. It was kind of a combination of real estate with doing this teaching gig uh, for a local university that was sort of consistent throughout the year, but it gave me a lot of extra free time. Mm -hmm. um, and so in that free time, I was doing the real estate investing. Also, teachers don't make anything. <laughs> they just don't make a lot of money. So I mean, so I had some monthly income, which was nice. And I was doing uh, flipping and picking up some rental properties on the side to supplement my income. Um, and then it started, you know, got my law degree, got licensed. It took me a few years before I actually started to practice. And clients of friends that were doing movies local movies needed legal work. And since I knew them and I was an attorney, I just started doing their legal work, their film production work, which was setting up their business entities, very similar to what I do now in contracts kind of stuff. So um, it kind of fit in with everything, but I, I, I started practicing law simply because I was asked to. People that I knew- Found a need. <laughs> yeah, see, people that I knew needed work done, so I sort of learned the ropes and started doing the work that they needed. Uh, which brought into, again, some more income, you know, along with the real estate and the teaching. Uh, but eventually, everything went to, towards real estate, and, you know, I, I kept going with the real estate investing, and then just drove my practice into real estate, since that's what I enjoyed, and that's where I was at. Mm -hmm. And now, what, what was the inception point where you're, so you're doing, uh, you're doing some teaching, you're doing some flips, you have some income coming in. Mm -hmm. um, was it always, like, stable income? Were you always, like, was there ever a time where you were, like, scraping for money where you didn't know <laughs> if you were gonna make it or not, you know, playing literally month to month. Yeah, it's always like that. It's, <laughs> it's still like that. I mean, it's not as, you get, you sort of, you know, being self-employed is always this. Yeah. It just always is. That's, yeah. that's one of the things you have to learn. You have to be comfortable with and accept. If you, if you like knowing that every month you're making X dollars, then working for yourself is not the right gift for you. Because <laughs> it's not, it's never gonna be that way. Um, there's there's really great times and there are lean times and you just but over time it just all goes up right so sort of your baseline average continues to increase if you really are motivated to, to build the business and keep it growing and stuff like that which which for the I'd say the first 10 years I didn't really f focus on building the business I was more focused on just providing the work that clients needed um, and letting sort of word of mouth doing then doing my kind of own invest kind of doing just sort of doing it my own way. Um, it was really about 10 years ago that I really focused on, you know, sort of how do you build a business? How do you grow a business? Mm -hmm. What marketing do you need to do? How do you do the outreach? What kind of products? How do you, you know, sort of not just like, hi, I'm a lawyer, I can do some work for you, but really focusing on the business side. And I would say these days, 50% of my time is all strictly business side of things, marketing, promotions, changing you know systems and processes and mm -hmm. things that we're doing just to make it easier for clients to get what they need sure so i know you said it's always up and up and down and just the baseline <laughs> goes up but is there uh from like starting 20 years ago when was it uh, maybe to like you got your law practice how long did it take where you're like i know there's ups and downs peaks and valleys but when were you like Okay, I have a I have a decent amount in the savings account. Like I can I can weather a few storms, and I'm not my life's not going to be over. Right. When did that end, um, or did it ever end? <laughs> I would say you know because there were times when I focused more on the business. 
Um, you know, you also, because, you know, in real estate, I can make a lot of money just sort of doing it, doing that. So, you know, the focus of building a, in being a lawyer and having a law firm wasn't the priority. It was, I was doing legal work because I could and it did bring me income, but the real estate was the vast majority of my work. I would say I was probably a good eight to 10 years in before I felt like the legal work had enough, I, that I had enough experience, that I had enough sort of products, and enough, enough things to be able to provide that it could be a real full-time actual practice. I think in the first 10 years, I was just nervous of trying to build, you know, by getting rid of everything else, just to focus on building the business, whether that, not knowing whether that business would take off. Mm -hmm. Right, so I was kind of doing lots of things, just keeping the money going, and so that I always had money to pay the bills and the mortgage and stuff like that. You know, so the real estate, a little bit of teaching on the side, some legal work. Um, in real estate, I, I was a real estate agent, so I could help friends buy houses, and you know, I would do some retail closings, which brought in some extra money. So I was sort of doing all these different things, um, and then realized that the one cohesive force was real estate and real estate investing. And it was about eight to 10 years in that I said, you know what, I can really build a law practice focused on providing products and services to real estate investors. I knew the industry, I knew the people, I was already well connected. I was already doing some work for them, mm -hmm. but then I just started, okay, I'm going to focus on building this business. Um, and, you know, and I stopped, and it stopped, I sort of scaled back everything else, I stopped teaching scaled back the real estate investing to focus on the business. Um, and, but it's been great. And now I can still, now the business is up and running and it, it took probably three to five years, I would say, to really get to a smooth place. Mm -hmm. um, where, you know, even if I didn't do marketing for a few months, there was still plenty of income coming in. Right? Right. It, was a little, it was more self-generating. It took about three to five years for it to really be self-generating enough to kind of keep a baseline. The referral business. The referrals, yeah. Um, the first three to five years, you know, I was I hunting. Right? I was hunting. <laughs> every, every client, every, yeah. every gig. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always yep. going out. <laughs> yep. So that was, that was a, I would say, a good four to five years of hunting. Um, and then you build up enough, and then the, the word of mouth sort of begins to trickle in. And then, you know, maybe three or four years later, you know, now I'm more kind of a brand yeah. in the community. I'm, I'm now established and well-known. And so I, you know, my marketing now is, is sort of beyond the local community where I'm already established and kind of reaching further out. Mm -hmm. So are you only based out of Utah or are you doing other um, states? I can, I can work in just about all, I mean, I can do what I do in almost all states. But do you have any clients in other states? I do, I do. I do have clients outside of Utah. Um, Texas, California, Arizona, um, Maryland, D.C. area, uh, New York. Mm -hmm. um, most of these people came through referrals because they knew somebody here. And they're, they're in real estate investing, so they're real estate investors elsewhere. They happen to know local people. And they're like, hey, we got a local lawyer who can do a lot of this. So that's, these were all referral sources coming outside the state. Mm -hmm. And then give us an idea of how, what's the size of your business? How many employees you have? What's kind of like your revenue streams coming in? Uh, what does that look like for you? Um, currently, uh, it's just me and Andrea. So one staff right now. I've had up to one, two, three, four, 
six, because um, I had an idea that I would build a broader real estate practice, mm -hmm. offer different, more like a law firm, you know, where certain lawyers do certain areas of law. Um, and so, but I decided that, that I didn't really want that kind of business. Um, I wanted a business that was much more streamlined, less management of people, uh, much more automated with systems, which increases my hourly much greater than bringing on staff. Yeah. Because lawyers, to bring on lawyers that can do another practice area, you have to pay them. They're, they're, they're highly compensated employees. <laughs> Um, and they need oversight in my time just to be able to kind of build their own practice. Um, whereas if I focus on sort of my clients and the products that we do, um, you know, where I can have the discussions as an attorney, but then Andrew can do the fulfillment part, it's a whole lot more efficient and I save a lot of time to focus on some other projects rather than trying to build a more traditional law firm. Uh, it's sort of the the lean and mean approach. You'd be very, uh, you know, we're very, we're limiting very much what we do. Which are sort of our core products. Right, you're doing the uh, margin. The yeah, typical high, highest and best use. Yeah, right? the 80 20 rule. In, the, in business, if you haven't heard familiar yeah. with that, yep. where 80% of your income comes from 20% of your products or 20% of your clients, and then the other 80% of your time and work only brings you that 20%, that last 20%. And in the early days, you need that. You need that twenty percent because your margins are also small and your total income so low that that twenty percent is sort of the gravy to get you, you know, going out to dinner once a month. Right. So, so you pick up all the, you do all that extra stuff, um, and I'm at a point now where I, I don't want to do that extra, that other stuff. Stick on that that twenty percent that earns me eighty, and then that other eighty percent of my time. I can do other projects and other things that have the same sort of 20, 80 return. Um, and so that's kind of where I'm going. I decided it was easier for the law practice, strictly law practice to stay very product oriented where it's, it's really just, I'm, I'm selling products to be honest, that's what I do. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't do as much legal consultations and advice and litigation and problems and these other kinds of things that most lawyers do I just now provide you know, entities and trusts and documents and there you have it. All right. As far as like income streams, uh -huh. do you have uh, like hard money lending, flips, the <laughs> lawyer? Uh, what what do you have there? Yeah, How does that look like rental portfolio. I've got, yeah, I've got uh, passive holdings, sort of passive passive personal holdings or real estate holdings um, that I kind of do through one arm. I have retirement growth and holdings. So in my real estate investment world, some of it's owned personally with just in sort of my name through entities and my, that I use my cash and you know, just like anyone else would go buy their rental property. Sure. Then I have retirement accounts that I've built up also in real estate. Um, so about, I'd say on my net worth side, about half of it's held personally and about half of it's held in retirement accounts. So I've grown a lot of my wealth in tax deferred or tax free uh, structures like 401ks and IRAs. So I've utilized those really well, so I've built some there. And so those are my passive holdings. Um, they're in long-term investments like rental properties, or I've done some business investing where I've invested in some startup businesses. Um, those are pretty much just sort of grow and hold. You know, let them just 
right out and then one day I'll retire on them. On the more active business side, I have the law practice. I am a private lender, so I loan money to, to other investors to do deals. So I'm like kind of the bank. Um, I have real estate education, which is RI Master Review, where I educate other real estate investors into different techniques in real estate investing. Um, and then I do some coaching and consulting in real estate. So those are currently the four sort of income streams that I have. So when the law firm got sort of efficient and scaled, that freed up the time to build the lending, to build the education, and to build sort of the, the coaching side. So no, I now have those four income streams. Awesome. Um, and then, Which is key in self-employment. And that, yeah, that's what I learned early on. It's like, okay, I was, I was doing retail sales really as a real estate agent for friends here and there which brought some money. I was teaching which brought some money. I was practicing law which brought some money. I did a flip here. So being self-employed, you sort of learn that sometimes you need multiple income streams because they're all like this. Yeah, so hopefully the goal is just to balance Yeah, the goal is to balance so out. One's not doing great, the other one's picking up slack. Right. Yeah, so I guess that's why everyone focuses on, I guess, uh, a rental portfolio because it's a, mm -hmm. a consistent income, if you will, if, you know, if your yeah. water heater furnace doesn't go out that month. Right. Um, yeah. I guess that is that is the goal. Uh, so you I mean, if uh, you don't mind talking about numbers, what were you doing last year in terms of gross revenue? And then what are you shooting for this year with all those? Um, last year we did about 650 or 700. Mm -hmm. um, probably this year is stay the same. Um, and actually last year was close to stay the same as well. Uh, but I worked a lot less. So last year the goal was to get the law firm efficient and scaled, which we did, to build up the education arm, which I did. So I started freed up the time, built these you know, sort of these other income streams, but I didn't lose any revenue, uh, which was fantastic. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you go do that at 80 turn, you start you know, essentially turning down work. And the law firm started to you know, say, no, I don't do this, refer me to other lawyers, and if this person can help you kind of thing. You know, I'm going to crap and giving away income, money. I could have done that and made money, but I wanted the time to build these. And they built up enough to kind of compensate for that already. So we kind of held even, and I think this year I'm probably the same is, is holding even this year as far as gross revenues. Um, Profit margins would be better to you know, maybe build systems and processes and be more efficient, bring down costs a little bit, um, which is something I'm really looking at this year is just sort of, you know, just costs um, and see where we can make more money just by saving costs this year. But, but focusing on building these other income streams, the marketing and, and the sales aspect so that they now can grow to where the law firm is at Sure. And, be, and get to their 80 20 so where that you know i've got maybe five businesses all at 20 percent of my time but they're all making 80 percent income so instead of 100 percent income i'm now at 350 percent income that's awesome so I, i've seen you on social media go to all these uh, <laughs> along with matt atkinson go to all these tony robbins events yeah he's so great yeah so so is uh i guess give me like the biggest takeaways from that and how has it impacted you operating your business and maybe focusing more on I want my free time versus you know growing these I think, companies? I think the the most the biggest takeaway that I 
It's been about two years now, we've run different 20 hours programs, certain um, live events. I was in his coaching program, so I had actually a personal coach, one-on-one -on -one coach, and we met with twice a month for over a little over a year. Um, the biggest takeaways first is, and this is what he really, really teaches, is getting clear on what you want. You know, you may think you know what you want, you may think you know you're in the business you're in, but maybe you're really not. And getting, he calls it getting clarity, getting clear, getting in peak state is his terminology. Um, and lots of course have different ways to get you there, but it's really just discovering what it is that really drives you, what really makes you happy, what you really, really want, like really, really want. Not just, hey, I want some, I want better income, I want more, right. I, I want a bigger house, I want more vacation, I mean, yes, but I mean, what do you really, really want in life to make you satisfied and fulfilled? And you know, what is it? And when you can, when you get to that place where you kind of see that, then you're like, why am I doing all this other stuff? You know, that just, and that's what we did a lot of time. Like, I mean, I hated all that other stuff, but like, it's money. I mean, don't turn down, you know, don't turn down blinds, don't turn down, but it's not what I want to do. I can do it and make money, but it's just not what I want to do. Right. And so you focus on what you want to do and suddenly what you want to do becomes even bigger and better and you're happier doing it and you eliminate all the, the, the fluff and the crap and now you freed up all your time like, oh my gosh, now I got free time, I can do this, which I've always wanted to do, you know? Um, so I think getting clear about what you really want, he has some really good systems and processes, like step by step, like, okay, now that I know what I want, how do I get from here to there? Um, he's got a number of different programs, you know, depending on what it is and how, how, how you're gonna get there. Have you been to his uh, business mastery? I have. How was that? That's five days? It's five days. Uh, it's fantastic. Um, is it more analytical stuff? Because I, I, I went to Unleash the Power Within, and that was, uh, I'm more of a Keith Cunningham guy than I am a Tony Robbins guy, so like, Keith's like, numbers, processes, you know, that's where I'm at. Tony's more like, get up, let's go. Unleash the Power and Day with Destiny are definitely focused on individual growth and potential you as a person mm -hmm. that really, you can take it to business and he does bring in some business aspects and things that he's done and, but it's about you it's about you making you the best you business mastery is, is more like that um, there's a lot of getting a big state finding what you want getting clear on you know how you work with employees or how you work with clients and so there's a, is a lot of that sort of personal growth in it but it's a lot of business stuff you know it is some accounting and some bookkeeping and and find it, you know, kind of CFO finance kind of stuff and some numbers and how to grow and, and how to take certain things and grow little things in little ways, but the cumulative effect is much larger. And so there's a lot more, I would say, business practical information at the Business Mastery than at Unleash the Power or Dave with Destiny. Okay. And then what's your biggest takeaways from that? Like what, after going with, I guess, Day with Destiny, Alicia Fowler, Glenn, or Business Mastery, where have you, what are the biggest things that you take away from that and implemented you know, almost immediately into the business? Um, I would say getting in peak state, getting in a, in a position where you're always sort of intently focused on what you're doing so that you're really good at it, you're really efficient and fast at it. Um, relationships with other employees and really realizing, you know, is this employee right? Maybe a great person, but is it this person right for the job? And getting right people in the right place, I think uh, was an immediate takeaway. Um, what do you do to get in peak state? Um, <laughs> I, have, I have a vision board. 
Um, and I have my move, so you know, Cody's problems is always make your move. So yeah. this, is, this is my move. You know, Before so. every business call, are you making your move? No, usually in the mornings. It's part of my morning routine. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily do it you know, recurring during the day. But you know, when I wake up, I'll take a quick look at my vision board. And yeah, go over the uh, morning routine. What time are you, what are you waking up? What are you, give me that whole I usually wake up like about 6.30. Um, I usually, well, usually have a nice coffee <laughs> to, get, to get my day going. Um, I'll take a look at the vision board. Um, it's pretty big. I mean, you go through this a day with Destiny builds a quite a large interactive kind of vision board. Um, and so I'll just focus on one thing that day. I'm just kind of reread one line or something and um, go through uh, some mantras, you know, sort of repetitive, you know, I'm a great lawyer, you know, whatever it happens to be your, your focus on that day. Um, and then, uh, you know, Make your move, make your move, make your move. Kind of jump up and down, get the heart rate going, um, and get kind of really just kind of pumped. And then I usually go work out. Uh, work out for an hour, come back, shower. Using the shower, I do the same thing. Yeah. Using the shower, just to kind of you know I, I you know I've been going on morning, but now I've got to get to work. So I kind of just do it again. And then I just come to work. <laughs> um, I do my reading like at night and stuff. So mornings, my mornings are more like get up and get energized. And then my nights are more, okay, let's relax, let's read some books and things of that nature. Yeah, decompress. Decompress, yeah. What does an average day look like? When, what time do you get in the office? And then what time do you leave? 10 to three. 10 to three? Yeah. Every day? Every day. So after, what happens after <laughs> three? Are you are you shut off? Are you, it's, it's me no, time? It's, it's me, no, it's definitely me time. What yes. happens after three? Take me um, through that journey. So after three, I will then usually start, um, Either I will just take the day off, I'll go shopping, I will go home and watch a movie. Usually not, I mean, I'm usually not watching movies at four o'clock after. I'm usually getting <laughs> other things done. And usually, what I'm usually doing is, again, working these other businesses. So here at the office and, and um, like appointments are only Monday through Thursday from 10 to three. So 10 to three is all legal stuff. Pretty much legal and legal work, legal office, legal, yeah. And then um, three on is all you Yeah, sometimes there's side like hustles, if you will. Nine o'clock, I may do a Facebook Live. That's when I'll, I'll do for my Facebook Lives at 9 a.m. Or some of the other marketing or other projects. Um, if I'm doing a loan, I might run the numbers to see if I'm gonna do that one. So nine to 10 and then three to five will be these other kind of side businesses or some marketing. Um, but if I have nothing, then I will run errands or shop or do what I need to go running again or you know make another work or something exercise or play the piano which I started doing again because I figured at the time um, I may uh, I've written three novels so I may pick out the computer and just start writing a novel again um, so I really those times are very unstructured whatever I feel like doing and it's been amazing creative time yeah I used to be in there at eight and work until five or six yeah. And it's it's not fun. Burn yourself <laughs> out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, it was that there was that eighty percent of my time. That, that you know, from eight to ten and that there's all the you know, all the things that I didn't want to be doing that weren't really making me any money. I'm like, that I'm done. <laughs> and I think doing profits just gave me the courage. I mean you because everyone kinda knows that I think. Everyone knows that I don't like doing this, I don't want to be doing that. People want permission. Yeah, it's almost like I want permission to say no. No, just say no. <laughs> you don't. If you don't like this, you don't like it. Yeah. So just say no. 
Um, and I didn't immediately like just wake up and say, okay, I'm never doing any of these things again. Because I have clients that I, of course, love working with and I want, when they call for certain things, I will continue to do them. But I'm, you know, over, the, over this last year, 90% of that extra stuff is just, I don't do it anymore. And I'm a, I'm a tremendously different person. No, that's important. It uh, <laughs> brings a lot of negative aspects to your life if you're constantly yeah. doing things that you don't enjoy. Yeah. And also, like looking to the future too. If you're if you're spending all your time on things you actually care about, you're passionate about, how much better are you going to be at those aspects? You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially if it's a service-based business, like you're actually caring about this. It's yeah. going to be, you know, the customer, the client on the other end is going to receive a tenfold. Then, right. if you're just doing it for the money or because you can, you know? Yeah. No, exactly. And you know, they always say, you know, love what you do, and it's not work. It's very true. Yeah. Um, it's still a lot of work. <laughs> I think, yeah, you, you can't take that, oh, well, I love it, so therefore it'll be easy. Um, it's, not, it's not that it's easy, it's just that you enjoy what you're doing. So it, the time goes quicker, and, and you feel like you're accomplishing things, and you feel like you're adding value to either someone else's life, you're providing something, you're getting satisfaction from it that you, you know, before you weren't. So, no. So what advice would you give someone, a new business owner, or maybe someone in year one, two, um, for them to you know succeed, not stress out. Focus on marketing. I think I waited. Man, I, I should have started marketing much earlier than I did. Um, I never lawyers. You know, lawyers are weird in the sense that, they, and I think this has changed. And when I was in school, you were trained to be a lawyer, then you went out, you got a job at a firm. The firm trained you the rest of the way, and you just did what you were told. Um, and you never worried about getting work. You just went to work firm, they brought in all the work. You just, you were an employee. Um, you know, no one teaches lawyers that you actually have to go sell yourself and sell things. Um, and it's a sales gig. It's, I'm not, I mean, you, to be on your own, you have to sell yourself. There's no other way around it. And they, you, you can't just build a website and expect people to come. Right? You just can't have a great product and expect people to buy it or a service. You have to go find them. You have to tell them what you can do and what you can provide. You have to tell them how it's gonna benefit their life. You have to, to establish the relationships with them so that they're comfortable buying from you. So, it, and that, that was stepping outside my comfort zone. I wasn't really good at, hey, I, you know, I can build this LLC for you and it's so much better than you know, going online and doing it or whatever. Because um, yeah, I just assumed, oh, I'm a lawyer. If you need me, just call me. But that's not the way it works. Mm -hmm. I, I have to go out and tell people what I can do for them and how I can do it, how I can save them money or make them money and how it's beneficial to them. So I would say don't underestimate the, the importance of marketing and sales, of being a salesperson. Because I, that's not my natural personality. I don't like selling things and getting people to buy things. Sure. But if you want to sell something, you got it. You got you got to sell it. Right. As an so. as an attorney, right now you have some products that you're selling. Uh, you also do your your online uh, master university. Mm -hmm. What are your what top marketing channels are working for you right now that you see? Um, the marketing channel, I would say, um, one on one networking at events in industries that are related to my business. Are you hosting these events or these events? Both. 
I, I do my own events where I, I invite people in and I go to other people's events where I know potential clients will be. Which one is working best for you? If you could pick one, your own, have your own events or go to other people's, which one would you take? Um, I, I would probably take other people's events because I, that's bringing in new clients. My events are usually designed to sell something new or different to existing clients because obviously I have to, to invite them, I have to know them. Right. Um, so, and that's why I do both is because uh, I go to the other events because I'm going to meet new people who don't know me, don't know what I can provide. So that's why I bring in the new clients. And then to continue marketing and selling to my current clients, I offer them other reasons to come in, you know, their other events or educational programs. Uh, so that they just, so I just sort of keep in touch with them. Um, so they all, I'm always kind of on the back of the mind. So that when they do need something else, they remember me. That's awesome. Well, cool. Is there any other uh, last words you want to say to the no. Salt Lake community out there, <laughs> business owners, um, um, people? If you enjoy it and you believe in it, you'll make it work. And if it's not working, it's just because maybe you don't believe in it or you don't like it. If it's something you really enjoy and you're like, I, I, this is, I know this, you'll, you'll find a way. Um, so you may, be, you may have your own answer already. If it's not working and it's, you're not happy with it, it may not be what's right for you. And it's about getting clear. You know, and, and, that, and again, it's not something you just do. It's not like sitting down and saying, you know, do I really like this? And you sort of, and that's the process Tony Robbins goes through. And he takes you through, before you even reach the, make those decisions, you've already been sitting there for three or four days. So your body, your mind, you know, the things you're thinking about, you're thinking about think, things completely differently simply because you're in a room where you're being taught things and you're thinking about things differently because he's talking about other things. He's teaching you sort of stuff and you're thinking about all these other great things and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, now let's think about me and my business and what I want, but you're in a different place. Mentally and physically, you're in a different place. And so you're thinking about those things differently. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm, and when you learn how to do that, you can get to that point, but that's a, that's a, that's a big point to get to. Um, and I think most people need coaching or mentors. And that's, I would say that would be my last bit of advice is find a mentor or a coach or somebody that's doing what you're doing, but they're further ahead. Find those people. Yeah, that's been find those people. And that's been super beneficial. Copy them, ride their coattails. Say, I will work for free. <laughs> you know, find somebody who's accomplished what you want to accomplish, and then replicate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can put your own spin on it, but yeah, you know, the whole reinvent the wheel. I'm gonna do this my way. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> no, no. You can put your own, you know, like your brand on something, but no. If someone found something that works, go copy it. Learn from them. Um, and let them guide you because that's, yeah, you'll waste. I think I tried to reinvent the wheel um, more than I probably should. I'm more than like, and I literally, the whole business model now, I'm modeling over other people. Like, I know other people who do what I do. I'm like, no. <laughs> so instead of like worrying and stressing about how I was going to accomplish things, I'm just copying what other people are doing, other successful people. That's a whole lot easier. Yeah, very good. I do the same thing. I do the same thing. Does it work? Okay, awesome. It awesome, great. Yeah. Well, great. Well, it was awesome having you on here. No, if the people wanted to reach out to you, where can they find you? Instagram, Facebook? Where Facebook you can go to Facebook and just, and just uh, search Facebook for REI Mastery U. That's the letter U for university. Um, REIMasteryU.com. 
or 801-560-2180 here at the office. Awesome. You got a LinkedIn at all? You got Instagram? Um, Brain Little Office is on LinkedIn. Um, Instagram, we don't do much on Instagram. <laughs> or, yeah. Gotta get the young kids going. Gotta get the young kids, yeah. And um, it's just that most of the stuff I do is just, it takes more than a few characters. <laughs> sure. So, uh, but yeah, I, we, do, we do actually have an Instagram account. I just don't follow it. But <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, Facebook has been pretty good. Facebook, I think, is going to be the, the the next sort of broader marketing advertising that I do. Um, newspapers and that kind of stuff isn't, isn't worth it, but market, Facebook can be so targeted. It's so easy to find like the exact person you want. Yeah, it's, it's a little creepy. Yeah, <laughs> are you over forty-five, male? Male, yeah, this income, income. Yeah. Yeah. this income, and other like yeah, oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, great. And it likes real estate topics because you click on real estate things. They, they know everything about you. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a pleasure having you on. You. And then I'll see you what, in uh, next week or two weeks from now at the luncheon. At the luncheon. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, it's fun. Apartments. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Thanks. Later, everybody.